Well, hello, everybody. I hope that you have had a great week. We are praying for each of you uh, that God is protecting your home, your finances, your health. Uh, he is still with us during these chaotic times. Never forget that. I hope you've been enjoying uh, the video devotionals each week on Facebook. I say this every week because I just want to remind you, LC Connect has been going onto the Facebook page every day. You can find them at facebook.com forward slash life RVA. A different member of the staff is putting out a devotional or inspirational thought uh, every day uh, to help us stay connected and to be encouraged. So before I get into today's message, I've got a couple of announcements I want to share. First of all, we are excited about an event that is going to be happening this Saturday, May the 2nd at Life Church. From 12 to 3, we're going to have drive-through prayer and free Chick-fil-A. For anybody who would like to stop by the church, this event is open uh, not only to members, but anybody in the community who wants to stop by. Our ministry and our guest services staff are going to be out in the driveway and in the parking lot to greet you for drive-through prayer. We want to say hello. We want to speak a prayer of blessing over you and your family. We want to give you some free Chick-fil-A for lunch. And you don't even have to get out of your car the whole time. Uh, so stop on by and say hello to us this Saturday from 12 to 3. It'll be a chance for us to connect with you, a chance for you to be back at the church again. We're going to also be receiving donations of canned goods, non-perishable food and groceries, and also gift cards to grocery stores and Walmart, places like that. And even an offering, if you'd like to give an offering, to be used to help families in the church that are going through a difficult time right now. Every week, we're learning of more and more people that are getting laid off or having their hours cut. And so this is a chance for you to give back. Some of you have been asking if there's anything you can do. Bring a bag or two of groceries with you. We're going to have a station set up in the parking lot to collect donations, and we will distribute those to families that are in need. Uh, you don't have to bring anything, uh, but if you are still fortunate enough to be working uh, and you've got income and you want to help people who are not, this is a great chance for us to pull together. So I look forward to seeing you this coming Saturday from 12 to 3 right here at Life Church. Secondly, I also want to tell you that we're launching our summer semester of life groups on May the 24th as online small groups. Now, you're going to be able to sign up in just two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, Sunday, May the 10th, on our church website, liferva.org, you'll be able to start signing up for our summer semester of life groups. Now, many of our life groups have already continued to meet online, and that semester is ending this week, so we are excited about our next semester of life groups. Now, this summer semester is going to be for eight weeks, and hopefully these online groups will finish as in-person meetings. So, also, by the way, if you're interested in leading an eight-week small group, just contact us here at the church office, and we'll talk to you about your group idea and what we need to do to make that happen. We are anxious and excited to get back to church and worship together, and guess what? Here's some good news. Every day, we're one day closer to that happening. Amen. So, I'm ready for that to happen, and, uh, and so why don't we now, let's just say a quick word of prayer, and let's get ready to hear the word of the Lord. Father, thank you again for this opportunity to be together today uh, in homes, uh, in places of business, wherever people are today, that you would bless the Word of God, speak to us, encourage us, and challenge us. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 All right. Now, last week, we started a brand new sermon series called Life at Home. 
And I asked the question, what does life at home look like for you right now? And we talked about some of the challenges that we might be facing during this season of life known as COVID life. Uh, can I also say that, uh, by the way, in this sermon series, if you want me to explain the uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse, this series is probably not going to check that box for you. If you're waiting for me to show you where COVID-19 is in the book of Daniel, it's not going to happen, right? But uh, if you want something that is going to help you with your family life, then I hope this series is going to be a blessing to you. Um, so let's talk about life at home. We looked at a passage last week that I want to revisit as our text today, and it's from the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Verse 25 says that the house that did not fall had a foundation that had been built on a rock. So today, I want to build on that thought from last week, and I want to talk on this subject, the foundation of a strong home. The foundation of a strong home. What are you building on? Now, last week I said that you need to make whatever you have as strong as it can be. So I want us this week to look at how do we do that today? Professor Nick Stennett, who was the chairman of, uh, for the Department of Human Development and the Family at the University of Nebraska, along with researcher John Dufresne, Ph.D., did a family research study uh, some time back, and they tested and studied thousands of families to determine what makes a strong family. They identified six key qualities to building a strong home that stood out above all others, and here is how they described them. By the way, if you're taking notes on the sermon app, these are going to be in your notes, and you can see these on the screen as well. Number one, here's the six qualities. Number one was commitment. Members of strong families are dedicated to promoting one another's welfare and happiness. They prize their family and value relationships. They make family relationships their highest priority. Number two, they said, was appreciation and affection. Members of strong families are thankful for each other. They don't take their special relationships uh, with one another for granted, and they show appreciation daily. The third thing that they found in these strong homes was positive communication. Members of strong families spend a lot of time talking freely with one another, doing their best to be understood and to understand others. Number four was time together. Members of strong families spend generous amounts of time with one another, quality time, creating memories and building bonds. The fifth thing that they discovered was the ability to cope with stress and crisis. Members of strong families are not fragmented by tension and trouble. They instead use those experiences to learn and grow together. And then the sixth thing that they discovered in their study was spiritual well-being. That's how they put it. They said strong families share spiritual beliefs that provide strength, hope, and purpose. So, in my message today, I want to unpack these six points 
from this study that I just referenced to you from a biblical perspective. And I want to talk about the foundation building blocks of a strong home. Now, as I said last week, life at home should not be a miserable everyday experience that we just hate so much that we're looking for a way out. You don't need to flee it. You need to fix it. That's a good word for somebody today. You don't need to flee it. You need to fix it. If the COVID life has exposed some flaws, if it's exposed some cracks in the armor, if it's exposed some underlying issues that maybe you've even swept under the rug for years, now is the time with the help of the Lord to work on these things so that life at home can be better in the long run. So let's start working on that foundation again. The foundation of a strong home, again, by looking at that study as our template, number one includes being committed to each other. Being committed to each other. Strong families have a high degree of commitment to one another. They're committed to promoting each other's happiness, each other's welfare. They may fuss. They may have issues. By the way, who doesn't have issues? And if you say you don't, you've got a lot of issues. But they have each other's back. If you get in serious trouble, who should be there to help you? Your family. Who should have your back when the chips are down? Your family. Who would go to the mat for you the quickest? It ought to be your family. Commitment, even to blood, though, it's not always easy, is it? It's still something that we have to work at, and it calls for discipline, and sometimes it requires a whole lot of patience, if we're being honest. Commitment to one another is something, it's essential for the success of any group, whether it's a football team or a church or a family. But you know what? Unfortunately, commitment is something that we often hear more about than we actually see. For example, you know, it used to be that people did all their grocery shopping at one store, or maybe you bought all your cars from the same car salesman. You know, small town life can still be that way, but this used to be the way it was everywhere. Uh, entire families through multiple generations would attend the same schools. Sometimes they would even work at the same jobs because you stayed in that same town your entire life. Uh, fa the family unit was just something different. But today it really is a different world. Many employers are, are not committed to their employees. Uh, many employees in turn are maybe not committed to their employers. We're really seeing a lot of who the good employers and the good employees are right now during this time of crisis. Some parents, they're not committed to their children's lives. Many churchgoers, they're not committed to their local church. You can even see spouses who are not committed to one another. But for life at home to work, a family has got to be committed to one another. The reason I think it's important to remind us all uh, of something that really ought to be, uh, you know, elementary to us is that commitment's got to be an intentional part of the family foundation because sometimes we assume commitment takes place in the family just because we're all living under the same roof, right? But that's not always the case. Oftentimes, families get what's left over. Kids get whatever time you have left after work or after church or after your personal hobbies. Or maybe your spouse gets whatever's left over after your friends or your kids or, or your screen time or the chores are done. But we have to have each other's back yes. and intentionally choose to be committed to our family. Before my job, before my hobbies, even before my church, my family has to be my number one priority. 1 Corinthians 13 and 5 says this. 
It says, love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. Now, look at this verse. Uh, this is a great verse. Love does what? It says it behaves a certain way. It's not rude. Love, it says love does not seek its own, or in other words, it's not focused uh, just on yourself, and it's not demanding its own way. It says love is not easily provoked. In other words, love is patient. It's not irritable. It's, it's not being a grouch all the time. It says love thinks no evil. You know what that means? Assuming the best. Not keeping score of being wronged. Now, can I just stop and say that, by the way, if you live by the Bible, it really works. This, this one verse alone, just this one verse, is enough of a sermon for you for this entire week. And, and, and enough of a scripture for you to work on this whole, whole week. Matter of fact, I could have renamed this sermon Four Ways to Work on Your Love Life and just preach from that one verse. Because love, it's not rude. It doesn't behave wrong. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked, easily provoked, and it thinks no evil. And we've got to extend that to the people that we love. Commitment does not mean that you have to agree with everything our family members do, but we love them regardless. And commitment works through conflict. My sister and I, uh, my sister Mary, by the way, she's been watching every week, so I'm going to give a shout out to my sister Mary and Fred right now. When we were kids growing up, we would fuss with each other and we would say some awful things to each other. We were just mean kids to one another. Uh, and everybody that knew us when we were kids, they're probably shouting amen right now from their living room. But you know what? At the end of the day, I might talk mean to my sister, but you better not talk mean to my sister. And my sister felt the same way about me. If I'm being honest, I probably got in more fights at school defending my little sister than I ever did defending myself. And you want to know why? Family is committed to each other. And commitment really is the main issue in life at home. Are you committed to each other through thick and thin? Think about your marriage vows in sickness and in health, through the good times and the bad. Really, there's three major commitments that we all need to have to have a strong family. Number one, you got to have a commitment to God. Are you a Christian? You will never know the true joy and peace and strength that can come into your home until you become a born-again believer. So that's the first commitment you need to make. Number two, you got to have a commitment to your spouse, your husband, or your wife. Next to God, your spouse has got to be first. Above your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, your kids, anyone else, you got to be committed to your spouse. And then number three, you got to have a commitment to your children. Love them, lift them up, lead them. What is commitment? It's a pledge. It's a promise. You promise God some things. You promise your spouse some things. You've promised your kids some things. So let's keep those commitments that we've made to one another. So the foundation of a strong home is number one being committed to each other, and number two is expressing appreciation and affection. This message brought to you by the Life Church Dream Team. Amen. <laughs> expressing appreciation and affection. You know what we need to do? We need to put on the mirror of our brains the words express appreciation and look at it at the beginning of every day. Because the foundation of a strong home includes giving each other a lot of sincere compliments and love. Family members ought to make each other feel good about themselves. Amen? You need to look for the good things to thank each other for. Now, one of my favorite TV shows is Gold Rush. Now, don't judge me, okay? 
I love Gold Rush. My wife thinks that this show is so boring. She, she just doesn't understand what I like about this show. But I love how these guys risk everything to dig through tons of dirt and rocks just to find a little small handful of gold dust. It doesn't matter how bad the weather is. It doesn't matter how often the equipment breaks down. It doesn't matter how many setbacks they have. They keep digging through the rocks and through the dirt to try to find the gold that they know is hidden in there somewhere. I think those gold miners understand something that we all need to remember about relationships. And you know what it is? You got to deal with a lot of dirt if you want to see gold. You got to dig through a lot of dirt and a lot of rocks if you want to see gold. Some days you're going to have relationship breakdowns just like the gold equipment breaks down. Some days you're going to have bad weather environments in your family. Some days you're going to have outsiders that try to interfere. Guess what? Keep your eyes on the gold. Keep your eyes on the gold. Don't focus on the dirt. Don't focus on the rock. Don't focus on the broken down uh, bulldozer. Don't focus on those things. Focus on the gold, the mission in hand. You know, unfortunately, a lot of family relationships, people only see the dirt in each other. All they see is the rocks. And they don't, they don't try to look for the gold. Strong families, though, are good at looking for the gold. They're good at looking for the gold nuggets. They look for the gold dust. Appreciation and affection are verbal. Don't miss this. They are verbal and physical recognition of finding gold dust and nuggets in the life of somebody around you. It's the, it's the expression of what you see in somebody else. Here's a question I want to get. I'm going to start with the children today, the kids, the teenagers. When is the last time you thanked your mom and dad for going out to work every day and for providing for you? If you can't remember the last time you said it, it's been too long. Did you thank them for the new clothes? How about the stop at Chick-fil-A? How about the ice cream at Brewster's? How about money for gas for the car or money for tickets to the movies? Or how about that cell phone that you've got? Which, by the way, they don't owe you any of that. Can I just throw that in there? Right. <laughs> they don't owe you any of that. They don't owe you the car, the phone, the latest clothes, none of that. It's all a blessing, amen? Mm -hmm. How often do you thank mom for doing the laundry, for cooking your meals? Oh, well, they're just doing their job. So what? So what? If they're just doing their job. What's wrong with thanking people for doing their job? Amen. Amen. Because if you can't be thankful, guess what? Do your own laundry. <laughs> Amen. Fix your own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But show some appreciation. And mom and dad, by the way, the same goes for us. Why can't we thank our spouses and our children for doing things? Or for things that we notice that they do for other people. Now, I'll just give you a practical example from my own life. I've been cutting my yard, cutting the grass since I was probably 11 years old, maybe 12, I don't know. But for the last 30 years, almost every time I cut the grass, my wife has told me thank you, and she's sitting over here right now, or she's bragged about how good the yard looks, even when it doesn't look that great. Now, guess what? She doesn't have to, and I'm sure there's a few times that maybe she might have forgot, or maybe she wasn't around when I was cutting the grass, maybe she was gone. But you know what? Words of appreciation for a chore that I do regularly, it might seem silly to some of you, but can I just be real? It ain't silly to me. <laughs> it's an acknowledgement of appreciation that says thank you for doing what you're supposed to do. Thank you for doing what you're willing to do for our family. Folks, 
If you can think it, why can't you say it? Wow. Oh, man, I just, that, that's great. Verbalize it. Say it. Brag on your family members. I try to do the same thing for her. You know, just recently, we've had a lot of family in our house during the virus. And by the way, we love it. We love this. The, the, the family being around. Don't love the virus. Let me be clear. And Robin's cooked a lot of meals lately for seven to eight adults. And you know what I love? That my girls, Lauren and Lindsay, my son-in-law, Xavier, his brothers, Quintel and Gerald, my future son-in-law, Evan, guess what? All of them have expressed appreciation. And they do it every meal. I like that. I appreciate that. I'm glad that they appreciate what she's doing. Folks, don't assume that people know you appreciate what they did. Express it. As parents, we need to model appreciation and affection to our kids, and we need to teach them how to express it. My girls are adults now, and they do it automatically. You know why? Because ever since they were babies, Robin taught them to say thank you. Please and thank you, please and thank you, please and thank you are polite. I heard that song a thousand times if I heard it once. Amen? And now guess what? I get to watch Lindsay teach Mason, and now he's doing it. Thanks, Papa. Thanks, Papa. And you know what? That didn't come naturally. Somebody had to teach him how to do that. Expressions of appreciation validate good behavior. They validate good habits. And can I just tell you, they also encourage them to be repeated. And that's not just with kids. That's for us adults as well. You may not want to admit it, but it works for you too. We need to remember the words of the great theologian George Jefferson. It took a whole lot of climbing just to get up that hill. <laughs> Amen. You need to be thankful for where you're at and what you've got. And now that you're up in the big leagues, don't forget to be thankful. Matter of fact, lean over and tell somebody right now in your living room or wherever you are, tell them something that you appreciate about, about them right now. And I'm just going to pause. You go ahead and I'm going to wait for a second. Do, do. Are you doing it? Great. Tell somebody what you appreciate about them in your life. Because you know what, guys? It's really selfish of us to always take, take, take and never give, give, give or express it. Affection also is critically important as well. Not just expressing appreciation. And I know I'm venturing into some areas where some of you are not comfortable or you're not good with this. That's all right. I'm trying to help you today. Amen. Some folks say, well, I'm not a hugger. I'm not... I don't show physical affection. I love you, but I'm not letting you off the hook today. Amen? Because hear me, if you have kids or if you have a spouse, you need to learn to express yourself. I'm sorry. You don't get off the hook that easy because it is selfish to deny someone of their physical needs if they have entrusted you to be the provider of their affection. Boom. They don't want me to show them affection. Well, do it anyway. Because kids need to feel and hear love from their parents. Now, can, can I just be real? Why am I pressing you so hard on this? Because I cannot tell you how many damaged adult males I have talked to who end up messed up in life, and they tell me they never heard their dads tell them that they loved them. Or they never had their dad show them affection. It makes a difference, guys. Dad, I'm not going to let you off the hook on this because you're hiding behind your personality. 
or your whatever. You've got to show, you got to stretch yourself to show your kids and your spouse appreciation and affection. Unless you are okay with them getting it in an unhealthy manner from somebody else. And I'm just going to let that hang. Mic drop. Same goes out for you too, mom. If the shoe fits, you need to wear it. Shout outs to all the moms who love their family. You know what? I'm going to give a shout out to my mom right now. She's watching this in Kansas with my niece, Kristen, and uh, and her son, Calvin. Shout out to you too, Calvin. But I'm going to give a shout out to my mom right now. My mom is the champion of affection in my family. If you don't know her, you just got, you just got to trust me on this because I'm going to tell you, it happened last night. You can't get off the phone with her without hearing 48 I love yous. I kid you not. I love you. Oh, by the way, did I tell you I love you? And then you talk for 10 more seconds. Hey, I love you. I mean, she. and when we FaceTime, she still wants to blow me a kiss when we hang up. And I'm 53. That's my mom. God bless her. My entire life, I'm going to tell you right now, I knew my mama loved me. Because she hugged me. She kissed me. She told me. And my brothers, uh, David and Lee and my sister Mary can tell you the same thing. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's silly or that's overkill. Maybe. But I know where I stand with my mom. Amen. And, you know, I grew in a fam- up in a family, and, uh, and God bless my dad. Uh, he's been gone almost a year now. But my dad, this was not a strength for my dad. And guess what my mom did, though? She made sure that we knew that we were loved. Amen. That's so important. Healthy, appropriate affection in a family from parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, it helps to build strong families. So by the way, guys, if you notice that there's a deficiency in a child that's in your life, it might be your grandkid or your niece or your nephew, you might need to step up and help mom and dad to make sure this child knows that they are appropriately loved. Amen. Foundations of a strong home. Number one, I need to hurry. I'm taking a little time today, but I think this is important. Being committed to each other, expressing affection and appreciation. And number three, positive communication. Strong families have good communication. They talk with each other a lot. We're so busy in life that we end up having just superficial contact, and that's okay, but we can't just go through life always just half connecting with one another. Now, positive communication, uh, it's not enough if, if if, if the only place that you get it is at work or at church. You need to get it at home, too. Because a lot of times, uh, with family members, we've got to be intentional about communication. Good communication doesn't always have to be profound or deep or meaningful, but it's got to happen. Now, strong families also are good listeners. And now, I've got to make a confession right here. This is not my strong suit. It's not. I think I'm better at it than I used to be when I was younger. As a matter of fact, by the way, you know what we all ought to do when this message is done? We ought to evaluate ourselves on these six points and see where are we strong and where are we weak? So I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, this is my weakest point. This is my weakest area, and I know it, so I'm trying to work on that. But when someone listens to another family member, you're communicating a very important message. Respect. Honor. You are important. How you feel is validated. It's important. You're saying, I respect you enough to listen to you and what you have to say. I'm interested in you enough to listen. It's said of Abraham Lincoln that when he had very difficult decisions to make, that he would bring a friend from his house uh, 
in to Illinois, uh, from Illinois to Washington, D.C. And this one particular friend, during the time Mr. Lincoln had to make this decision, his friend Lincoln would, his friend would sit down and Lincoln would talk and his friend would just sit there and listen. His friend never told him what to do. He just sat there and listened. And then Lincoln would make his decision and send his friend home. <laughs> because he just needed somebody to listen and hear him out without judging what he had to say or what he was thinking. Did you know even during conflict, we need healthy communication? And as a matter of fact, I know it's not easy, but it's important. You know, conflict is usually when we stop communicating in our family, and that's really when we need to be communicating the most in a healthy, constructive way. Always being right is not important in a strong family. During conflict, keep the conversation focused on the issue and not on each other. Guard your words, folks. That's your family. Amen? Corinthians, first, I'm not sure if it's first, first Corinthians 13 and 4, says love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. And parents, children need to be seen and heard. Seen and heard. You need to let them dialogue with you. The my way or the highway attitude will usually result in the highway. Is that really what you want? I don't think so. Parents need to take time to let their children communicate. Communicate their fear, their frustration, even their anger in an appropriate, respectful way. Allow them to communicate how they feel. You know, in a lot of homes, communication is just listening to what dad says. <laughs> or in other houses, just listening and doing whatever mom says. That's not communication. Communication is a two-way street. Learn to listen to the viewpoints of other people in your home. Proverbs 3 and 13 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. You know what I've learned in my own life? I never find wisdom or understanding while I'm talking. <laughs> Only when I'm listening. Foundations of a strong home. Being committed to each other. Expressing affection and appreciation. Positive communication. And number four, and this one's an easy one, spending time together. Spending time together. And again, these are the six most prominent traits that they found in strong families. Now, the coronavirus has helped some of us do this whether we wanted to or not, right? Life at home means making time together a top priority. And, you know, I can, if I'm being honest, I've never understood families that didn't care about spending time with each other. I've gone through now most of the cycles with children because I have children now who are adults and I have one child who has a child, right? I'm a grandpa now. And I've, I've seen it all. I've, I remember the days when my girls were little, and I would come home from work, and I would see little faces pressed into the window, and they'd be jumping and clapping and waiting for me to get out of the car and jump on me and play with me until it was time to bed. And I can also remember coming home from work and having to search through the house to find a teen, teenager that was hibernating in their room, and I was lucky to get a grunt back, you know, from greeting them. I remember those days too. But no matter what stage or cycle you and your family might be in, your goal ought to be to spend time together. And that's going to look different at every every stage. I understand that. Uh, spend time. You know, because the, the greatest memories that I have in my life is time that I've spent with my family. Amen. It is. Uh, fondest memories also, they don't have to be complicated. It could be a trip to grandma's house. It could be a, a father acting silly. It could be some inside joke that only your family gets. I mean, we had some of those growing up. We had the Walmart walk. We, we, we had just stuff that we would say in the house, you know, uh, just, and we've still got some stuff. I remember playing old maid and, 
and going fishing and building a snowman and making cookies. And, you know, sometimes we think it takes a fortune to make memories. It just takes time. That's all. Just do the simple things that everybody enjoys. And you need to find a night. By the way, folks, if you're watching this and you have small children, you need to make at least one night a week a priority. That you have a night, we used to call it family night, designated for you and your family or you and your spouse or you and whoever your family is to be together. Watch a video, play a game, ride your bikes, go to the park, hang out together, whatever. Go out to eat, walk around shore pump. Doesn't matter if you're broke. It doesn't cost anything to walk. <laughs> you know, go skating, go to a movie, go to a ball game, do whatever. Make memories by spending time together. Amen? So important. <clears throat> Some of those times can be with other families and friends, but don't always join up with other people because then it's no longer just about your family, right? Spending time together, it's more than just family night fun, too. You can have uh, times of prayer together, bedtime reading, Sunday afternoons, riding in the car together, turn off the radio and talk, uh, doing homework, doing yard work, raking leaves. Nowadays, you didn't have to used to say this, family dinner together. Turn off the cell phones, make everybody sit at the table and eat food at the same time. It's huge. Even running errands. You can add an ice cream stop at McDonald's, which only costs a buck, and you know maybe bribe them to go along with you. Do something. Here's what's funny. Comedian Jeff Allen said this about teenagers. He said teenagers are God's revenge on mankind. He said, let them see what it's like, talking about parents, let them see what it's like to create someone in their own image who denies their existence. Amen. That's a teenager. He also said this. He said, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says how old Satan was when he rejected God's authority. I'm thinking it was about 15. <laughs> so spend time together. Be selective, be smart, but be intentional about spending time together. Here's number five. I'm going to try to hurry because I've been spending a lot of time together with you today. Number five is... A strong family has the ability to cope with stress and crisis. The ability to cope with stress and crisis. Strong families have the ability to deal with crisis in a positive way. When crisis hits a strong family, you know what they do? They unite together to deal with the crisis together as a family. These families have the ability to try to see something positive even in a bad situation, no matter how bad it is. Even though the positive might be very small, it might just be the gold dust in this situation. A strong family tries to focus on it and deal with stress accordingly. Sometimes it's just an awareness of how much they mean to each other, saying how much we appreciate one another. The ability to see something positive in a bad situation helps to maintain balance. It helps to keep our perspective. And it also reminds us who's in control of our life as believers. God is in control. In the midst of crisis, try to be a peacemaker. Try to get along with each other during a crisis. You know, it's easy to do things that really get under the skin of our family members, right? The strong families don't provoke one another. 2 Corinthians 6.3 says, giving no offense in anything. Strong families refuse to remain angry or disappointed when a family member fails. You know what the Bible says? While we were yet sinners... Christ loved us. Amen? We have to love each other as Christ loved us. Now, you know what most people think success is? Learning not to fail. That's not true. Success is learning from your failures. Success is when you do mess up, you come together and you become better because of it. Think of how many times you failed and God has shown mercy on you 
and forgave you. Galatians 6 and 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly. Don't miss this. You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Notice, brothers and sisters, if another believer, and you know what? If we're to extend that kind of grace to other believers, we should surely do the same thing for our own family members. Amen. Too many families are just carrying around issues and feelings against one another from stuff that happened in days gone by. Husbands against wives, wives against husbands, children against parents, parents mad at their kids all the time. Maybe a family member created the crisis, but we got to learn to work through our problems together. I know I'm talking to somebody, but don't let a storm destroy your family. It might be a financial storm. It might be a marriage storm. It might be a relational failure. Don't let it destroy you. Let it push you together, not apart. And my last point, point six, and I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up and join me. The last point of the foundation of a strong home is be a family that is spiritually committed. That is spiritually committed. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15 says, But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And if you want to have a strong home, especially in the areas that matter, you got to strive for a high degree of Christian commitment and faithfulness. And there's a reason why I shared this point till the end. Because our awareness of God in our day-to-day -day life is what helps us to be less impatient with one another. It helps us to get over our anger more quickly. It helps us to be more positive in our relationships. Hear me. The fruit of the Spirit makes a difference in the flow of your family. It does. A spiritually strong family looks at Christianity not as a religion that we do on Sundays, but it's a personal, practical, day-to-day -day experience rather than some theoretical or theological approach to life. Spiritually strong families are committed to God and they're committed to his principles of love and kindness and tolerance and unity. And that commitment to God is seen in our homes, and then it's seen in our churches, and then it's seen in our community. At home, being spiritually committed means your family lives in a climate of prayer, of worship, of separation from the world. It doesn't mean you're walking around speaking in tongues all the time, and everybody's always on their best behavior, and everybody's perfect. No, but it means your home is bathed and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the peace of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you got to teach and live Christ-honoring values. And you know what? It begins at home. It means that you are careful to maintain your personal walk with God because your family will follow your lead and, and your example. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7 says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul and with all your strength, these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. And check out verse 7. Impress them on your children. How do you do that? Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Guess what the paraphrase of that means? All the time. <laughs> when you're sitting, when you're walking, when you're lying down, when you're getting up impress it on your children. 
it all starts at home. Spiritual commitment is reflected in our relationship, not only at home, but with the church, and because the church is the bride of Christ. Amen. Attend church faithfully. Support your church financially with your tithes and your offerings faithfully. And by the way, if you're watching this and you're not a member of this church and you got another church, you support your church financially. It's important that you bring the tithes to your storehouse. Amen. Teach your kids to give and to serve faithfully. Involve your family in ministry. Because can I just tell you, if your family is only on the receiving end of ministry and never on the giving end, then you are robbing your family of spiritual strength and fulfillment that only comes from serving others. Gather your family faithfully. Connect by joining or leading a small group. Serve on a ministry dream team. It's not complicated, folks. Spiritual harmony and commitment changes families forever. So being spiritually committed as a family, guess what? It first starts with you and I individually. Amen? So today, you can have all that God has for you, and you can recommit your life to Him all over again. Or you can maybe make those proper steps for the very first time. How do you become spiritually committed? Confess Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and repent of your sins. And invite God into your life. Be baptized in water to remove the stain of those sins once and for all. Be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. It brings a newness and an empowerment to your life that will change you forever. We need to pray with and for our families in this season that we're in. Because I'm going to tell you, if Satan can destroy the home or the marriage or our relationships with our kids, he can destroy the church and can destroy our society as a whole. The wise man built his house on the rock. Then the storms came. And when the storm came, the house stood firm. I'm going to close. I want to close with a prayer of blessing over your life here in just a moment. But why don't you lift your hands and let's just begin to worship the Lord right now in our home. And we're going to join with our praise team and sing this song one more time. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you today. I thank you because you've given me an opportunity to strengthen my family and strengthen my home. God, it doesn't matter what season of life I'm in. We can make a difference. I pray your blessing on our homes, homes today. That you would bless our children, our parents, our grandchildren. Help us to build a strong foundation. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to be I declare freedom for my daughters. I declare freedom for my 
what I feel or what I see. I declare every chain is broken. We're gonna be free. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we're gonna be free. Yeah. As for me. children, for my grandchildren, for my extended family. God, I declare freedom for my church, for my neighborhood, for the people I work with, God. I declare the blood of Jesus over my home. I declare your peace, oh God. I declare your freedom. I walk by faith, not by sight. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We're going to be Hallelujah. We're going to be free, God. We walk in your freedom today. We walk in your anointing today. We walk in your deliverance today, God. Thank you for washing my sins away. Thank you for giving me, God. Thank you that your grace is new every day, each morning, God. God, I thank you today. And I give you glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah our hands and surrender to you, oh God. And I give you praise. And I want to speak this prayer today over you and your home. Number 6, 24 and 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will get through any uncertain days that are yet to come. We will get through any hardship that is yet to manifest itself. We will get through anything because we are serving the Lord. Amen. One more time, right in your living room, let's give him a praise. Hallelujah. Father, I love you. I lift you up and I give you glory. I thank you today for your presence. I honor you and I praise you. I love you. the same. God bless each of you. Please, I look forward to seeing you this Saturday at the church between 12 to 3. Bring some groceries, bring some gift cards if you want to. If you don't have, if you're not able to do that, don't worry about it. I want to see your face. I want to lay hands on your car and pray for you and your family. And I want to give you a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Have an amazing week. Don't forget to tune in to LC Connect every day on Facebook. God bless you. I love you, and I can't wait to see you. Have a great week in the Lord. Amen. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.